0: a blessing brother terry amen how sweet that was it won't be long folks will it? it won't be very long we'll get to see our lord i'm looking forward to that it's uh, gonna be sweet and i know if you're like me you sit and wonder what exactly is it going to be like and uh that's a whole nother sermon which i don't know much about but i do know i'm going to be with him amen we just don't understand grace like we should, like we could, like we need to. And what God has done for us, we can do for others. And we're going to be judged that way. Whatever God has given to us in gifts and abilities, that's what he's going to judge us by. And uh, I remember meeting a woman one time in a nursing home who all she could do is lay on her back and make potholders and use a phone. And she called people all day long and prayed with them and encouraged them. And she's going to be judged by what she can do. Not by what Billy Graham did or what Terry sung or what I say, but what gifts God has given her. And I'm glad we have a righteous God, a fair God, amen? Well, I was going to tell a joke now, but Sammy has told me all the jokes, so you've probably heard all that I've heard. Uh, I heard about a guy who was preaching, and he... Uh, In the middle of the sermon, this guy walked out, and just right after invitation, he walked back in. Well, the preacher noticed that, and he talked to him as he went out the door. He said, buddy, I realized in the middle of my sermon, you left, and you came back at the end. What happened? He said, well, I got a haircut. He said, a haircut? Why didn't you get it before worship service? He said, I didn't need one then. (laughs) I'm not going to preach two hours, Okay. Friend Day is next week, amen? amen? A lady needed a friend one day. She got on the bus and she had her baby. And uh, the bus driver said, ma'am, that's the ugliest baby I've ever seen in my life. Well, it hurt, her, it hurt her feelings. And she went to the back of the bus and she was kind of sniffing. The guy crossed from her, watched a while and said, ma'am, are you okay? She said, no, that bus driver insulted me like I've never been insulted. He said, I tell you what you do, ma'am. You march down that aisle and you give that bus driver a piece of your mind. Here, I'll hold you, monkey. (laughs) And that's what we've been talking about adopting this morning. I'm so sorry. But Sammy deserves it if you've uh, heard that before. Amen. One thing God has told us to do is to help others. I mean, the royal law of liberty is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Isn't that it? And then love your neighbor as yourself. A man one day said, I get along with God fine. I just can't get along with people. Well, something's wrong with that because if you're right with God, you'll love people. You see, God came down here and he changed all the price tags. And now we as Christians see life different. We see people different. We see them with value. And my science school lesson this morning in Tuscumbia was prejudice, James chapter 2. And it was so precious how How James talked about we need to love others and help others no matter what they have on. And I believe you're that kind of church. No matter what their background is, you still love them. And you take them at face value like Jesus would. And then work from there and care for them the best this church can do. There are hundreds of churches now that are excited about Christ. That are loving the Lord. That are reaching out like you. And it's a blessing to be there. And this is a blessing to be here. What a beautiful, beautiful sanctuary this is. And I just want to look and be sure you don't look too much because I mean one time we built a church where I was pastor and people just looked for a year, wow, like this. And we didn't grow. So look one good time and then get your eyes on others in the Lord. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this precious place. My precious friend that leads this place is a servant. I thank you for him. Thank you for his family. Thank you for that sweet addition to that family. And God help us to see today from your word that we really can help others. We really can. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Would you turn to Luke chapter 10 verse 25. And you know this story is easy as as pie you might say. Brother Sammy said, just preach on anything you want to. I've been preaching in the Old Testament over there. But he says, anything you want to. When I thought about friends, I thought about the good Samaritan. And here's the story of a man, a lawyer. I'm not going to read it in detail. But a man, a lawyer who came up to Jesus and said, how can I inherit eternal life? Look in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? How do you read the law? He said, and he answered and said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, thou hast answered right, this do and thou shalt live. And he came back with Jesus to Jesus said, he was willing to justify himself The writer said, and then he said, now who, now who now? Now Jesus, who is my neighbor? And that's what we need to ask ourselves this morning. Are we good neighbors? I remember several years ago, maybe back in the 80s, people said to me as we took a mission group different places, why don't you just stay here and minister to people here? And they are right We do need to minister to people here. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. God just gave that circle that included the whole world. But what's happened today, and we can help others, first of all, because it's so important to us, and we need to know how we can help. What's happened is the world has come to us. Even in Phil Campbell, Alabama, probably you've run into someone A lady that has a scarf over her head. We have many Hispanics now. We have different people, 175 languages in this country. People have come to us, much less all the people around us that don't know the Lord. Brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and cousins and friends. Did you know that the greatest, largest Christian congregations today are in South Korea, Korea, Asia, and Africa? The largest churches. But did you know in our country, the largest center for Islamic training is in New York City? The largest Buddhist temple is in Boulder, Colorado. The center from the Transcendental Meditations, their training center for the whole world is in Fairfield, Iowa. Over 500,000 foreign students are in this country yearly to study for four years at our universities. Folks, a world has come to us. And I thought about that a couple of years ago as I thought about all the Hispanics coming across the line, which I don't agree with some of that. But if you wake up year after year on the dirt floor and it rained the night before and everything is wet in your home with just a thatched roof or a tin roof, I don't know if I wouldn't try to get somewhere to support my family. They're here, folks, and we're to help them. You see, my dad came here when he was 16 years old from Greece, a little place called Samothrace. Samothras. It's in Acts 16, when Paul got the Macedonia call, he spent the night at Samothrace. He came here at 16, and his name they give him was Vafius. And Ellis Island, evidently, he never shared this with us because he was afraid he'd get sent back, which is a great shame to get sent back to your country at the turn of the century. And he was probably going through the line at 16 years old. He said he came over to pick money off trees, and he couldn't ever find any here in this country. But probably when he went through Ellis Island, some guy gave this little 16-year-old sophomore boy, that would be his status over here, the name Vaphius. It was probably someone that just came through in front of him. But his real name is Baphethius. And I found that out about 15 years ago when we went to Connecticut. We, we realized somehow in searching that, that we had family over here. And their name is Vafithis. And I've witnessed to them. You see, the world has come to us. And we can help other people by using the gifts that God has given us. We are not the big dog on the block. My mother and father lived in a society in the United States... That had mostly Christian, Judeo-Christian ethics in the government, in the schools. We prayed. We had Bible study. It is not like that anymore. The world has come to us fast, googling and and all the different things on email and Facebook and Twitter and uh, hashtag and Instagram. All of this has changed society. People are so busy, but we have got to help them, and the worldwide Web has brought the world to us. What are you going to do? How are you going to connect? Now, this man came to Jesus and said, how can I, what can I do to inherit the eternal life? And Jesus turned it around and gave him something to do. Jesus was a master at listening. He was a master at coming back with something as he listened very intently. You know, most of us don't listen to help people, but we can. You know, the different type of listeners is this: some people listen past you. You ever met someone like that? How you doing today? Fine. And they're on their email or Facebook, or, or uh, my wife is on Candy Crusher. You see that commercial with that old lady had a hammer breaking candy, and she's Candy Crushing. Where was I at now? I'm old now. I forget what I'm doing. What was I talking about? Somebody help me. What is it? I didn't hear you. <laughs> oh, not listening. Not listening. That's good. It's that's, that's a good sea sermon. Can you go to the next church with me? Some people listen past you, and they're not listening to you. They're doing something else, which is an affront, which, which hurts. Sometimes when I've witnessed to people or tried to help people, I'm, I'm just on my agenda. I just want to help them. I just want to get them in church and get them baptized. And all of a sudden, I didn't listen to them. The second kind of listener is, they listen, but all they're thinking about is what they can say next. Would you hurry up and get through so I can tell you so much about my church and my people and Jesus Christ? And all of a sudden, we got this reputation of being a hard-line conservative Christian that just don't listen. And the other type of listeners, many times we men do with our wives, they're sitting there talking to us, telling us all this stuff, and we're coming up with a solution. Men, they don't want a solution, amen? My wife has told me things before, and I said, okay, let's go down there. I'm going to talk to him. We'll get this straightened out right now. No, no, you sit right there and listen to me. I'm not going to do a thing, you know? And a lot of times we want to solve problems. But here's the fourth type of listener. It's listening in the heart. Do you know how hard that is? Is to listen to someone's heart. Do you know we need that? I was in Southern California a couple of weeks ago, and I was sitting outside where the ladies were inside in, in Baboa Island there shopping, some, doing some things, and a guy was sitting next to me, and I just decided not to try to win him to Christ, but just to tell him if I could about Christ. And he was sitting there with all his tattoos on, waiting for his wife, his little child. And listen, tattoos today are, are just a, a cultural symbol. Everybody is not evil that has a tattoo, okay? But I, I'm so sorry for the crime, the person who's committed a crime. has got tattoos all over his neck and everything. And I said, do you have any kind of clue? He, yeah, this guy's got tattoos on his neck. and Boy, he's slammed in two days, isn't he? So tattoos are stupid in some way. But this guy had tattoos on him, and he was talking. I said, man, this is a fast pace out here in Southern California. He said, yeah, it is. He told me the company he worked for, and I ain't traveling, all this stuff. I said, you know, I'm learning slowly to slow down and to get the gist of life. He said, really? And I told him, yeah, several years ago, I accepted Christ. And my life is sweet and precious, difficult at times. But I have someone to depend on that I know loves me and gave his life for me. And then his wife came out. And their kid came out. Let's go, daddy. And what we get in trouble with sometimes in trying to help people is we want everything fast, 30-minute programs, everything solved in an hour. But the Bible says, and Paul said, listen, you're all in this together. Some of you can just drop a little seed. And I dropped a little seed that day. There was no way I could follow up on that guy. And then someone will put a little water on that seed about Jesus Christ. And then someone might walk up with this guy at a funeral and say, Hey, Joe, how's it going? He said, Pretty good. Hey, Joe, you ever thought about inviting Christ in your life? And it all started maybe on a bench in Balboa Island, and someone else watered it. And this will relax you when you start bringing people to church like next Sunday, Lord's Willing, Don't get up tight. Just see it as a joy to serve the Lord. I just imagine Jesus might have had his arms crossed and talking to this guy. He was relaxed. And there's something about being clean, clear through, and relaxed that's very precious. That's a gift of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience. Jesus had all those constantly. And I imagine he's talking to that attorney, and he he just kind of sat back and said, What do you think about it? He said, Well, Jesus, what about What is my neighbor? And Jesus told me the story of a good Samaritan. Boy, this one hits me. Because I am like a Levite, I am like a priest. You know, Levites and priests took care of Levites took care of the temple and priests, did the priestly duties in the temple. There were twelve thousand priests. They rotated in Jerusalem every month or so. Twelve thousand. Here comes one, and you've heard the story. This man is beat up, and Jesus is telling the story. This man is beat up on the side of the road, half dead. I imagine he was bleeding. It was a mess. And this was a terrible territory from Jericho to Jerusalem. It was called the bloody way because it was kind of rough looking and crime was there and robbers. And the priest had to hurry. He went on the other side, walked on the other side. And he went on probably to Jerusalem. And then there was a Levite who worked in the church and he, in the temple and he saw him and he moved to the other side and kind of turned his head and said God bless you and then there was this Samaritan half breed they worshipped different than they did down in Israel no one liked them Jews hated them it would be like you walking around with someone with ISIS today or Hamas Jesus had the audacity to tell this very intellectual man who knew the law, this man helped this man that was about dead and took him and, and helped him and bound up his wounds and took him to a place to stay and told the guy at the end, and if there's any more, oh, y'all be back soon and I can pay it. And Jesus said, which one was a neighbor, the priest, the Levi, or the Samaritan? The old man knew, the the lawyer knew what was going on then. Folks, sometimes I'm that Levite. And I've told people in my churches before, if you're on your way to church and there's someone that had a flat and they're there just kind of looking around, looking at their cell phone, you stop. Don't worry about the order of service. I don't care if you're a deacon, if you lead to singing, if you're a preacher, help people. There's a difference in church work and the work of the church outside in the community. Amen? We can get it all down pat and go to the other side. I can keep my desk real clean in the church. I can make my little calls and go to my meetings in the church and all this. And it's not bad. But there's a work of the church and the community. I guarantee you this man thought about death. He said it in a different way because he was intellectual. A little skip in the heart. Don't you think this attorney thought about death? If he drove cars and someone ran in front of him and he stopped within inches. Don't you think he thought about eternity? People are thinking about that all the time. Now, they won't come up and tap you on the shoulder. I've only had that a couple of times in 37 years. They just won't do it because there's pride in their hearts. We're going to wait till the last minute and get right with God. We're going to wait to the deathbed. We're going to wait till the wife and the kids are standing around. And it's going to be very beautiful. People think about all these things and when you invite them to church, when you talk about friend day, when you say, come, can you come and sit with me on my pew, would you do this for me? They know why. They've got to confront Jesus Christ. They know why. And many times they say no, but remember, you may just planted a seed like in Balboa Island, I did, or someone else has talked and maybe you've watered it and they walked away from your presence and got in a car and tears come down their eyes and they said, Oh God. People think about their mortality. Ebola is causing us to think, What if it comes in North Alabama? Don't you think these people you talk to that are doing different things and seem so busy and have it so organized? Yes, they think about eternal life. Please remember the Holy Spirit deals with people. I remember picking up a hitchhiker through here and taking him on down the road, and I remember one day picking up a hitchhiker when I was Bible vocational pastor, and he accepted Christ and he said, "Can you go over to my home in Hamilton?" And would you talk to my sister? She's in bad shape. And she was about to have a baby, and she was on drugs and all this stuff. I remember talking to her, and, and she said, no. Let's shift it forward. This was probably in the 70s, and it was probably in the early 90s where I was passing closer to Cater. And my, my kids come home and said, Dad, there was, a, there was some people from the prison that came to our school, and they... And they uh, Gave their testimony. And one girl sounds like the girl you told us about, about in Hamilton, Alabama. And what happened to this girl was, she got in the wrong crowd, which often happens. And they went into a home of a retired auto dealer from Jasper, Alabama, and tied him up and covered his mouth with something. She was a lookout person in the living room. And two other people robbed him and did all things and went through the house. And he died. He smothered to death. And they caught her. She was giving her testimony. When they put her in the Walker County Jail, some women from First Baptist Church, a church like yours that's on fire, visits the jail and gave the question To that girl, in essence, do you want to connect with Jesus Christ? Do you want him in your life? And she said, yes. And then she went on to prison, evidently became a a model prisoner and was given testimonies in schools at that time. It's amazing what God can do if we want to help people. But secondly, someone had to help you. I want you to look at these statistics that I brought, and I'm sure, brother, uh, brother Sammy showed these to you before. These statistics show 65% of the people that were born 46 through what 64, which are baby boomers, which is myself. 35 of us have accepted Christ, 35%. But look at the builders. That's people that's older than like 68 who came from families that the inner structure of our society, like I said, we prayed in schools, we, we had a society that based our principles of leadership on, on Christian ethics, but look how it slides away. And the Bridgers today, 4% of them are Christians. It's scary, but it takes a church like you to reach people. Now let me tell you how I was reached. I was raised in a home of a builder. My dad was a Christian. He run from God for many years over here. He was in a he was in a, a, a carnival, traveled all over the country. Then he landed in in, uh, in Connecticut. And he worked at a hat shop. You know, many of the foreigners do their own business, a hat shop and a cleaner's. And he came to Nashville to buy some equipment to take... I um, mean, came to Muscle the shows there to buy some equipment to take to Nashville. He worked with a bunch of Greeks up there. Right before that, he went to a he went to a barber shop, and he heard a preacher preaching about dying, about paying for your sins, and he jumped out of the seat. Half of his face was shaven and half of it wasn't. And he ran 13 blocks home and crawled under the bed. He thought he was dying. After about three days, he got out. And he was walking down the street and he saw a tent. And he thought it was a burlesque show. (laughs) And he went in and there was an old preacher preaching. And he accepted Jesus Christ. And he learned how to, to read from the Bible. And he preached on the streets of Nashville. And then he, working with the Greeks, he came down to buy some equipment, and he met my mother, and they had my two sisters and me. And then, when I was about seven or eight years old, my dad took me to a church, and a brother stone was preaching, and he preached the gospel. Folks, do you know how sweet the gospel is? It is not go to church every Sunday. You better straighten up. You better act right. The gospel is good news. It says, if you will turn from the way you've been living and turn to Jesus, repent of the way you've been living and turn to Jesus, he will forgive you and give you eternal life. And that's what I heard that night. And then I went home and my two sisters accepted Christ. And then a cousin that was spending the night with my two older sisters, she accepted Christ. And how precious it is. I was helped. I want to help people. Have I failed? Man, yeah, i failed. But I want to help people because someone helped me to bring me to Jesus Christ. I think you're going to have a good Sunday next week. If we live, we'll have a good Sunday. If we don't, I'll see you in glory if Jesus comes back like that song. But work. And this is what Jesus told this guy. You go and do these things that I've told you. And it convicted him. It convicted him deeply. Listen to people. You've been helped. Find ways to help others. Let me show you this before I close. I'm really shy at heart in some ways. Y'all have seen this where you look in here and it's an inverted Christ and you see Christ in this picture. And then on the back are some numbers you add up. And you cover them up and you add them It's funny. People laugh, and I say, you know, that's the way life is. You can easily be deceived in life. I like to bridge a gap sometimes. I like to tell this. Let me tell you, this is odd in the service, but let me let me ask you to to spell some words. Spell top and cop. And mop. What do you do when you come up to a green light? Green light? And they go, oh, you got me. I got two or three more. I don't have time to tell you. But then I say, not every time. But then I say, you know, life is tricky. And Jesus is truth. Look into his life. and I'm walking away with my hamburger. That's all you need to do many times. Relax and listen and find a way to help others. You're that kind of church. I can see it next week. I thank God for that challenge this pastor has given you. Go. And do the things in helping people. Because one day, one day you won't be able to. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed. Let me ask you, when I say connected with Christ, I means that you have accepted him. You've repented of the way you lived. And you've accepted the living, resurrected Lord in your life. You remember someone helping you do that. You're a Christian. Would you just lift your hand if that happened to you? Would you lift your hand high? God bless your heart. God bless you You and put them down there. Some of you couldn't lift your hands, and I don't know why, but God does. But if you've been wondering and thinking and struggling and kind of going to bed and maybe needing to talk to someone and you haven't, and You've made it through another day. And here's Sunday. I'll make it through this if I can leave. Maybe now you need to stop. And just listen. To the voice of the Lord. Would you today. Accept Christ. Would you do that publicly. Would you come and talk to brother Kyle down here. Say, Brother Cal, I want Jesus in my life today. I want to be a Christian. And for you that are already Christians, would you connect with people There's so many different ways? Would you do that? Father, I thank you for those who are a member of this church. What an exciting church to be part of. An oasis out in this county. God, help them to be challenged, to take up their cross, to lay down their burdens and take up their cross. God, thank you for the challenges put before them about this coming Sunday. Lord, I pray during this invitation that people would publicly come and tell Brother Kyle, I want Jesus in my life. In Christ's name I pray, amen.